The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG Brand Management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Greek God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV fitness foodie experience, visit zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit zordosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com Where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on Podbeam.com and visit Patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Ladies and gentlemen, aliens, Vulcans, Federation people, asshole Romulans, welcome to the Academy Star Trek podcast. It is me, uh, Commodore Medea, because we are going to discuss Star Trek 2009, and one of the bosses in Star Trek 2009 is Tyler Perry Medea. So that's why I'm Commodore Medea today. I am joined. By my man, Jay Reezyman, the Sinister Minister, the co-host. Oh my God, with his painted fucking fingernails, uh, and <laughs> that is awful. And he is <laughs> the co-host of the Smack Attack with Money MacGyver. Also, you can also find him on Destino Podcast with Michael Jargo, talking that 
New Japan wrong style bullshit. It is my man, John Henry. Johnny, what is going on, brother? <laughs> oh, I'm back for the profits, baby. That's right. I've got a computer again. I see it's, that. It's not uh, all great. They lost most of my stuff. But I did remember I had my old computer. So I have. we haven't lost everything from work. We just are, are maybe missing six months, which most of off offside at the main campus, they have most of that stuff. It's just I'm trying to build april back up and so i'm working hard on doing that kind of stuff and getting it all to where april's covered and so then we can go from there and then we're going to start using our share drive as a backup for uh stuff on this computer from now on but you know we have a computer so i have a proper microphone i have a proper camera i have a proper audio setup all right here we go now you can hear the dulcet tones of my voice as we come to you live from uh, okay. Weatherford, Texas. So, yeah, it's been good. Uh, it's been a busy day just because, God, you know, you do all that stuff and you're ready to, you got to, you know, you find out your computer's ready. And then, you know, it's taken me, it, it took over an hour to get everything from the old computer onto the new one. And then trying to, for, you know, feed everything, look for everything, find where everything's at. But, hey. Good part is everything works, everything's good, and we're back to where we need to be. So That's good. There's always a positive. You know, I did go to prom this weekend. So prom. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my girlfriend took me to prom. So my girlfriend is a teacher. For those of you who aren't paying attention, you ding dongs. Um, she's a teacher, and so her school was having prom this weekend. So we went to, and did prom uh this week weekend at, in Fort Worth. And so it was at a country club, it was nice. Dressed all up, and uh, you know, you know that you like the picture. Yeah. I did like the picture. I did. Yeah, like picture. yeah. So, oh, so, 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 what was the country club? Was the country club of Fort Worth, or? Uh, it's called Ridgely Country Club. It, Ridgely, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them, and mm. apparently, there's two Ridgely Country Clubs. There's a golf course one, and this was the tennis one. And okay. so, we didn't find that out until we went to the first one. And it was like, there's no tennis courts here, and so then we went, we looked up the other one, and it's in a different place. So, tennis club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, all of it's like that, dude. You guys are, you guys are, you guys are fancy down there in Texas. No, man. I mean, it, it's very funny because they were talking about how they've done them in different places, and like one year they said they did it at Rangers out of the ballpark in Arlington, and I'm oh, like, wow. why the hell couldn't we do that? I want to go do that. I want to go just watch and be at the new ballpark and look at the yeah. field, and you know, and all that. And they're like, oh, well, you know, but you know, it was nice, uh, hung out and just you know, watch kids be teenagers. Um, and a high school dance, which is funny, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. That's so, right. You that's know, right. so you know, it was a good weekend, just hung out yeah. and, and then did all kinds of cool stuff. So but I'm ready to start talk Trek, man. Trek so is my baby. So Trek is life. Trek is life. Actually, you know what? I, I after I watched Star Trek 2009, I started watching Generations again. Did you? So good. I love like I, I like Generations. everyone shits on Generations. It's it's actually pretty good. It's it's not bad. It, it not bad. when you when when you compare it because see the problem is generations follows episode six, and so or, or you know or Star Trek six and yeah. Discovery Country greatest greatest Star Trek movie ever. Yeah, you know I mean that and Connor are, are like right there one one yeah. a, and so you follow that with generations and it's just kind of like, and I know you're trying to patch the torch, but it felt a little meh at times, a little like you know. Uh, I guess they tried like it was. It felt shoehorned, you know. Yeah. It didn't it, it? Didn't feel supernatural how they did it. Mm. But you know, how do you bridge that what hundred year gap between Picard and 
and Kirk to pass the torch. They should have should have had him on the bridge of the fucking Enterprise. That's how they should have bridged the gap. Exactly. You know how that? I mean, the, the, just the things that you could have done that that would have been cool. You know yeah. to pull that off. I I don't know, but you know, like that. There's there's things that you could have done different. But at the end of the day, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't the motion picture. No. Oh fuck you! <laughs> fuck you! Fuck you! Uh, motion picture, motion picture, still the greatest Star Trek movie ever. Oh, you just said six was the greatest motion picture ever, so can't have both. Six is six is the greatest. That's one A. <laughs> Star Trek motion picture is one B. <laughs> no, like one F. One F. Fuck you. One F. <laughs> oh, oh god! Hey, listen, as I said before, if, if it wasn't for the motion picture, we wouldn't have. You would never have Wrath of Khan if you didn't have Star Trek Five. You wouldn't have Star Trek Six. So there you true, go. that is true. It is mm-hmm. true. So you know. So I guess uh, I guess before we get started, though, before we do anything else, let's uh, dive into some news here. Sounds good uh, to me. That we've got. So um, if we'll blow the bosun's whistle, and and we will start with the news. Uh, so I don't know if you saw this, but a while back, uh, Michael Dorn tweeted about a return. Starfleet. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Well, come to find out um, that his return isn't for a TV show or a movie. Um, it's actually for a new Star Trek game. What? Uh, yeah. So, um, so it's it's going to be. Uh, let's see, right here. Uh, he, he was filmed for a teaser, and it was a choppy distress call for Morph from the Star Trek Next Generations area. The static field audio cut off abruptly, but it appears Worf is saying, come in, repeat, come in. This is USS Artemis if you're hearing this. Based on the animation style and inclusion uh, of the USS Artemis, this appears to be a promotion for the next video game, Star Trek Legends, which launched on Apple Arcade this month. This game is set to uh, set in the Nexus from the feature film Generations. Speaking mm, of Generations, the main ship of this game is the USS Artemis, which is designed to traverse the rift into the Nexus. So it features characters from across Star Trek eras, including Warp. You can see in the, there's an image that shows um, that matches this, the uh, teaser video that was released by Dorn today. And, and they've reached So it's, it's very, um, I would call it similar to the, there's a, uh, an Apple or an app game called, um, what is it? Uh, Star Wars Heroes, similar, okay. where you got characters, you can upgrade them, and you add things to them and raise their power levels and things along those lines. Okay. Um, so, um, so it's it's part of a sponsored campaign ad that he he released it, um, but it looks really good. You know, they they have a you can go on YouTube and search Star Trek Legends RPG trailer, and mm-hmm. you can see the different people they they show characters such as. Burnham and Kirk and Spock and wow. Seven of Nine and all uh, Worf, a Gorn, mm-hmm. a Cardassian, Picard. You know, so they they've got you know different people, but um, supposedly Michael Dorn has lent his voice to the ad to you know there show you up. You know, by so, the way, by the way, Kirk was like Seven of Nine. Yeah, come over here to my <laughs> bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I will, sh- I will show you the. Enterprises, big cannon, photon cannon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, and so uh, which is interesting because people thought maybe he was because when he first did it, they thought, well, maybe he's coming back for 
um, Picard. Or... I thought he was coming back for Picard. Isn't he coming back for? He's not. You know. So yeah. as of right now, he's not. That's so fucking stupid. It's like, come but, on, man. He's such yeah. a he's such an iconic character. It, it should be. But Lavar Burton says that Jordy LaForge in Star Trek Picard is a maybe. So uh, with Dorn, Mike, you know, with that, they were talking about um, Lavar Burton. You know, of course, as you know, he's going to be hosting Jeopardy. Uh, mm-hmm. For a two-week period, and they said they asked him uh, if he's going to be on season two. He said maybe. He says, "I mean, I think the time period of Picard is contemporaneous," is what he said. Of course, you know, we talked about that trailer breakdown uh, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. How about how it could be Picard throughout different times in his life? So maybe Jordy shows up, you know, uh, in the next gen timeline or a little bit after. You know, we don't know. So. Um, but there was actually a picture of Burton on set of Picard along with Michael Dorn with Frakes and Circus and um, uh, where they've, you know, it looks like they're on the planets where Riker was uh, making pizza, you know? Nice. So, you know, so that's, uh, and then Paramount Plus has already confirmed that Brett Spiner will be returning to season two. Of course, we know John Delancey will be appearing as mm-hmm. Q. Um, and Whoopi Goldberg is going to be reprising her role as Guinan, but it hasn't been officially confirmed by Paramount Plus. So we got a lot of stuff going on. So we do. We see. So we know that Dorn and Burton were on set, but you know, how do you feel if they were going to be a part of Picard? Do you think they need to be part of it? I think so. I mean, they're they're two iconic characters that help, like you know, like mold the the character that is Picard. I mean. When you when you think of next generation, you think of Picard, mm-hmm. uh, Riker, Jordy, and Worf, and Troy. So five, and then they yeah. throw in that you can throw in uh, Doctor Crusher in as well. But mm-hmm. it's like the main. It's like it's always like Worf, Picard, Jordy, Riker. I mean, those are always you always see those characters. Those right. characters are like in every single like thread of every single show you cannot leave someone like a michael dornow someone like right. someone like lavar burnout you cannot leave those characters out of picard it's just stupid it's just absolutely stupid you know and obviously they're bringing back data even though supposedly they killed the character off in season one but he's still coming back i mean because right he's fucking data and data is like he's a huge character you know, Data is just as big as 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 as, as fucking Worf. Yeah, you know, Worf should be in there too. Yeah. So I don't get it. I I, I hope I hope they're going to surprise us and have Worf and Jordy there for most of the yeah. season because you never know. I mean, because they've been really it's it's been tight lipped though on Picard, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. So it really been, has. They've yeah. been keeping things close to the vest on Picard and. Same thing, kind of the kind of same thing in uh, Discovery as well, too. They, yeah, they, for season four, all, they have yeah, season four. Yeah, all the all, all the Star Trek series have been pretty tight lived. Yeah, well, yeah, because you know they because they're keeping the kayfabe. You know they mm-hmm. they, they don't want to exactly. put it out there to have everyone fucking know what the hell's going on. So right, want, yeah, they want that anticipation because you've got all these series coming out, and you've got season two of Picard, season four of Discovery. Strange new worlds. They just, they just, they're just raved like, okay, here we go. Surprise, motherfuckers. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Which is funny because that takes us to our next story, which is John Delancey, a Sheriff's fans, Q will annoy the shit out of Picard yes. in, in season two. Yes. Yeah. And so apparently this is coming um, that uh, apparently uh, John Delancey, he's been mentioning Picard in his cameo videos. Apparently you can get him on cameo hmm. uh, that were posted in April. Uh, says, in between visiting various fans, happy birthday, congratulations on other events. Actor repeatedly and effusively talked about that he is back on Star Trek. He has also been dropping some hints about his return. Uh, the videos posted in the last few weeks were recorded both before and after he started shooting. He revealed that he started filming on April 13th for Picard, uh, but has been at work on the show for a month, presumably preparing and rehearsing. You can also see that his hair is a bit shorter, but he still has his beard. Um, so here's some details he's given to people in cameo based off his return. One for a person that says, by the way, you're going to see, be seeing more of me. I am on Picard. I guess they really needed someone to come in and really annoy the shit out of Picard. And that is exactly what I've been doing for the last month. I've been yeah. making his life very unpleasant. I'm really proud of that. You know? And then, uh, he's for another one. He says, you might not know this, but Q is back. And I've been spending the last month really annoying Picard in the new show Picard. Um, let's see. He says, uh, the word is out. I'm coming back to annoy Picard. As a matter of fact, yesterday, I really annoyed him. That was episodes one and two. So wow. he's he's going to be in wow. one and two. So. so so they already got episodes one and two already in the can. Apparently, sounds like. Wow. Or at least his parts for one and two are already kind of <laughs> done. You know? Um, you know, so they've got a handful of seasons in um, and by April. And, and he's in the first two episodes. Uh, let's see, for another one, for he revealed that Jonathan Frakes will be directing the episode he's appearing in. I'm ecstatic to see the writers bring. Uh, it's going to be fun. I know that the whole notion that Frakes is going to be directing as well is going to make it for some good times. And then this is one he recorded last Friday. He talked about the Picard schedule. The word is out. I am back. I spent Tuesday and Wednesday really annoying Patrick Stewart, really annoying Picard as only you can. That was great fun. I'll be back on Monday and Tuesday again and on Wednesday. It'll be a while before we shoot all this stuff. Hmm. So, um, but damn it, he, he, Q! Damn it, yeah, Q! Stop yeah. annoying me, Q! Exactly. Why is humanity on trial, Q? Yeah. So apparently, in a cameo video, uh, he says, uh, "Confirmed, he will also be harassing Guy in the Picard." <laughs> um, so, uh, but that's he hasn't had any scenes with that yet, um, but. You know, he that is kind of what he's doing. So um, that is so Rios, the guy who plays Rios, Santiago Cabrera. They show a picture of him. He's back. Um, he ha uh, apparently John Delancey has not interacted with some of the new crew yet, um, but he he's seen the first season. He thought they were really good. So he's been mostly focused with Picard. And supposedly Whoopi Goldberg. So um, Triple D, how is this making you? Even though we haven't heard a ton, how's this making you feel about season two? Happy, yeah, happy, happy. Yeah. I love it because, I mean, season one of Picard was really good, but it's just there wasn't like any you know levity. Mm -hmm. It was just all it was so serious, and I mean, even 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 Discovery, when Discovery tackled like some serious stuff. They had some levity, you know. They had some laughs, you know, and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to see. How Q is just going to annoy the shit out of Picard because one of my favorite episodes of Next Generation is when uh, is when is when Picard you know has that you know part where this pacemaker explodes in his right. chest 
and Q takes him back through like through his years and 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 all of a sudden like Picard's sleeping in the bed and Q goes morning beer. Picard's like, oh my god, what are you doing? Okay, that's <laughs> I mean just stuff like that. And I just can't wait to see just Q just John Delancey just do his thing. So and yeah. I think and and they kind of alluded to like Guinan and, and Q in next generation not liking each other and kind of right. like John Delancey saying, you know, you don't know what kind of creature this 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 guy is, you know. Right. Well, I'll, I'll be looking forward to, to seeing that. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be definitely something. Uh, anytime you involve Q with Picard, it's just it's good stuff. So, mm-hmm. all right. And so more more news talking about uh, Strange New Worlds. Anson Mount, as we know, is Captain Pike from season two of Discovery. Um, he explains why the that Strange New Worlds needs to be episodic. And he says, well, I think that Star Trek by nature is episodic. Now yes, that is. doesn't mean that Star Trek can't be other things. Star Trek can be a lot of things, as we've seen in every iteration of it. But classics Trek is really found on the big idea of the week. And the big idea of the week needs room to breathe. In mm-hmm. serialized structure, you're going to take care of so many relationships that there doesn't tend to be a lot of room for that. Now, with that said, I think Discovery does a phenomenal job with that structure, and I was very fortunate to be part of it. Normally, serialized is my taste as an actor, but I think I, I really felt like it needed to be episodic. So this is more confirmation, uh, like we talked about last week, that you know it's going to be a episodic and more closer mm-hmm. to the TOS style. They're going to they're changing up the uniforms, they're making the set look more TOS, and even in the sense of you know, going apart, going apart uh, in that big idea of the week episodic thing. So, so we've not only had the showrunner confirmation, we've now had uh, uh, the head actor, I guess you would call Anson Mountain, you know, the number one on the sheet, uh, confirming it. So, how does this make you feel, uh, Triple D, about you know wanting to jump in to um, Discovery or or Strange New Worlds? I'm sorry, my nipples are hard just just hearing him talk about that. <laughs> No, I'm I'm really I'm strange new worlds is 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 going to bring to see how close you're going to make it to the original series, and I just I'm I'm just excited to see you know them trying to bring back like the original uniforms and the original feel of the original series because I am a huge original series fan so I am really looking forward to it. Mm. Mm. It's going to be fun, I think. You know, personally, I think we got a glimpse of. You know the that era, the Pike era uh, Enterprise, and honestly, I think a lot of people wanted to see more. You know, and so I, I'm looking forward to seeing that um, happen, where we get to see, you know, Spock as the science officer, number one as number one, and mm-hmm. and Pike, and and then the other characters they're going to bring in to fill out that, you know that cast and crew, uh, whoever their security person is going to be in communications and things along those lines. So are we, are we going to see captain James T Kirk of the USS Farragut? Maybe who knows, you know, maybe Oh, we might see that or we might see Ensign Kirk. Could, you know, cause this is what, 10 years before um, 10 years. TOS. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so it's gotta be, I think, Kirk was the captain of the Farragut for for a while. Then he became captain of the Enterprise. Right. I think, so yeah. We'll see. Maybe you never know. This is this is the cool part about it is um, they've got a lot of room to work. So yeah, they do. 
you know. So, um, so disco apparently takes a involuntary break uh, because of COVID, because of offset COVID contact. So, oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. So they they're taking a two week break. Um, just to be safe uh, because last Friday um, it was reported that um, was halted due to a zone A individual coming in contact with someone who tested positive with the COVID-19 virus early in the week. Zone A individuals are defined as key cast and production members with direct contact with them. So these are the big dogs. These are not like the guest spots that we had with uh, uh, whatever show we talked about. Uh, world. Yeah. Contract tracing identified just a single contact with one person not associated with, him, with the production, and it happened outside of Pinewood Studios in Toronto where Discovery is filmed. Uh, the Zone A individual will be quarantined for two weeks. Production should restart on May 6th. Discovery began production on season four last November and should wrap this summer. No one else on the cast or crew was required to go into quarantine. So they didn't say who, but someone, you know. Somebody big. Somebody big, because there's Zone A. Could be a producer, could be a director, could be someone high up on the cast. So, um, you know, that's that's the kind of the reality we're living in now, uh, Triple D. So mm-hmm. do, you think, do you think this uh, this hurts? Uh, Star Trek production, or do you think um, they're going about it in a smart way while still moving forward? Me, me personally, I'm just like, we're going to like, we're going to stop. We're going to stop production. We're going to stop everything because of the fucking stemples. And that's it. So I don't know. But I mean, whatever. I mean, fine. If they want, if if that's the protocols, the rules they have, then fine. Then then follow the rules. But if it was me, I'd be like, you came into contact with that person. Okay, take a test. Do you have it? No. Okay, cool. Let's continue on with it. I mean, did did they say did they have a positive test, or they said they just came into contact? They came in contact with someone who was positive. Okay, have them take a test. If they pass the test, cool. Yeah. I, I mean that's. I, I mean, so you're gonna halt production. That's 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 money that the studio is losing every single day. The money that Paramount is losing, it, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, so the costs are gonna go up, and and what's gonna happen when they keep on stopping, keep on halting production, halting production, halting production? That's gonna push back the timeline. That's gonna piss off um, sponsors. It's gonna piss off everyone else. It's gonna piss off members. Uh, Paramount Plus, they're gonna end up dropping, they're gonna end up dropping the app because of that because they've had to wait for how long for this fucking series to come out because mm. because we can't give somebody a fucking test to see if they're positive or not. Right. Common sense. Apparently, apparently, they're apparently common sense is lacking nowadays. We've had yeah. many many discussions about that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We have. But you know that's and that's the that's for that's for that's for Academy that's for the Academy OnlyFans uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. OnlyFans and Academy or, or Patreon whatever you want to call it Patreon Academy yeah <laughs> you know but I mean that's you know at the same time too at least they're 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 trying to get stuff done exactly you know yeah. uh, that's that's kind of you know the the good thing is they're not just sitting around doing nothing going. Well, we'll just wait till COVID. They're, they've been working since November. Mm-hmm. They're trying to take their time. They're trying to do the right things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I understand kind of what they're doing. But at the same time, too, you know, this is uh, something you've got to – it's part of the, the, the nature of the beast right now. 
uh, unfortunately, is yeah. we've, we've got to deal with that. So, oh, wow, just breaking news. Apparently, LeVar Burton confirms he will not be in season two. What? Uh, apparently, he just changed his answer. So, um, uh, oh, this, is, fuck this is a this. this is as of last, uh, uh, let's see, uh, but in an appearance on The View on Monday, which I'm assuming this is, well, this date was the 27th. Okay. So, Apparently, he says, I can unequivocally say that I'm not doing season two of Picard. Um, uh, so this is with, apparently, Whoopi Goldberg was asking him about it. And he said, I will unequivocally say I'm not. Spotting the somewhat lorally response, Goldberg pressed Burton on if we should expect him to show up at some point. To which he said, here's the thing. I believe it's reasonable, in fact, practical to assume that Picard still knows these people. They're his friends. I think we might see more of his friends. At least I hope we do before it's all over. So, yeah, it's expected to Picard is expected to only run three seasons. Uh, apparently, really, yes. Um, so he first mentioned speaking to Picard producers about a guest role, uh, role on the show last April when he was also said he was uh, expected to eventually reprise his role, Jordy, for the new Trek show. Um, Whoopi Goldberg is expected to appear in season two of Picard, however, she didn't mention that during her interview. So, you know, he uh, he says he's uh. You know he's not going to be in season two now. So does that affect? You know now now we just talked about how great it would be to see everybody. Now that we know he's not going to be there, even though we've seen pictures of him on set, um, you know, how does this make you feel? Is it, are you a little sad, or do you hope I that they get sad. him in? And now I am sad. I didn't know that it was going to be three seasons for Picard. Yeah, so that's that's odd. You know, so do you, surely they're going to let some of these guys get in, right? You know, yeah, you they have think? to. You know, they got to uh, get their shit in, okay? Yeah, exactly. It's like a new Japan match, you know, everyone's got to get their fucking shit in, of course. I mean, that's what you got to do. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. Is, is season three going to be the big f- farewell finale where they bring everybody in? And where they gonna w- listen, me personally, if, if you're going to do it, just bring back the fucking the uh, the uh, the uh, Nexus and have Picard going to the Nexus, and then that's how it should end, yeah. Yeah, let him be able to finally be with his family and yeah. spend, spend his time that way. That that would be a good. That would be a good ending for him. Would he be able to go in though, considering he's in this golem or you know kind of you know robotic cyborg type body? You know, that's, he can that's, go on the Nexus. Yeah, could he? But I mean, he's not technically human. Do you have to be human to go on to go into the Nexus? I don't know. That's the thing. Are those are are the Alorians? They're they're not considered like. They're, they're humanoid. humanoid. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're humanoid. They're not humans because they're not from Earth, but they're humanoid. And we know they're alive, you know. So yeah, they're not robotic, is what I'm saying. You know, mm-hmm. technically now, be spoiler alert if you haven't watched Picard season one. What are you doing, you smooth brain? Um, they smooth brains. Yeah, you know, uh, Picard's in a new, you know, robotic golem body that. Um, you know, that was made for him. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's the question is, is this going to be something that goes forward from there? And could he make it in there? I, it'd be interesting to see. So, yes, you know, uh, all right. So Michelle, yo, our favorite, our favorite, I think easily one of my favorite characters. Oh yeah. She is too. You know, um, says she, uh, they have that producers have more for her, uh, as, uh, Mira Giorgio. Um, and so she was talking about, um, 
what they were having her do, and they're they're basically going to um, figure out um, how to get her involved some more. So um, they're, they're thinking about maybe adding her some more stuff, or maybe even is because they asked her, "Is the Section Thirty One show a thing?" Um, and so they've kind of been not very sure about saying it in this, but they're they're definitely saying that. You know they're going to use her more. Um, so even why not? I mean, she's a, f- I mean, she's one of the best actresses in the world. Yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. So, so no matter what, they're planning on using her some more. So that's interesting how they're going to do that specifically. You know, now that um, discoveries in the future, how are we going to incorporate? You know, Giorgio, strange you know, new worlds. Maybe so. So, John, that was a great news story, John. What other – now, I know we got some more news stories, John. So we do. We do. We got a couple more for you. Um, first one I want to give to you is uh, they, they interviewed comp- composer Jeff Russo, and okay. he says fans would lose their minds over Noah Hawley's Star Trek movie. Uh, as really? You, in case you didn't know, uh, that was shelved uh, and or put on pause. Um because they, they, the top strategic project from J.J. Abrams has been revealed. Um, but he said um, that uh, apparently in a script, um, he said he hadn't seen any storyboards yet, but I did read the script, and I was already talking about what the music was going to be. Um, he talked pretty in-depth with Noah Hawley about um, what they were going to do. And he said, and you like the script? He said, yeah, it's great. It's interesting. Noah, as a writer, is extremely visual. So whenever I read one of his scripts, it's always extremely inspiring to me. It's how I've always ended up starting to write uh, anything for Fargo. That's how I always ended up starting to write things, seasons of Legion. So when we work together, it's from a very early point in the process. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, and it says, you're a real Star Trek. They asked him, you're a real Star Trek fan. Yeah, you said you were excited about the project. Uh, has he described it as something different? It wasn't going to be another Kelvin movie, but his own thing. And it sounded like it was going to be a smaller movie and try not to be a big action Marvel type. So how do you think fans would have reacted to this? It's really different or just a little different. From a story perspective, this is what uh, uh, Russo says. Uh, No. Uh, From a story perspective, I would say it's not different at all. I mean, it was different in its voice because no one has a voice, his writing voice. So in that way, it may have been a little different feel, but it was a very Star Trek story. And it's very interesting a way to tell Star Trek, which has made me excited about it and had me inspired to write music already for it. The way he explained it to me made it feel as if the fans were going to lose their minds. Hmm. It literally felt like that to me. Lose their minds. I read the script, and my call to him was the fans are going to lose their mind because of just what the story was. Um, And he said, and so then he was asked, well, with Star Trek fans, lose their minds can go either way, in a good way or a bad way. He said, I would say in a good way because it would have been telling a story that they hadn't heard that hadn't been done in a way that would have been very fulfilling. Hmm. Finding out answers to questions that have never been answered. Wow. Um, Yeah. And says, uh, you know, so then he said, um, it says kind of, they asked him, says kind of exciting, especially for Star Trek fans who are also fans of Noah's and it being different. That's the kind of what I meant about the voice here. The voice made it different. It made it different because of the telling of the story through someone uh, through someone with that voice, which made it interesting to me. So, and they talked about how they're moving forward with different projects. Um, and it, would they, would, 
would would they do something like the DC universe where like Joker's its own thing? Um, and and they've talked about how some people didn't like Joker or did. Would they do something like that? He says they could be, but we also know that you know last time we talked that um, uh, the head guy you know talked about everybody being on the same page. So um, you know, so so you hear this triple D. You hear someone who's involved with it. Mm-hmm. You hear about the story. Does it make you kind of hope that they put this this Noah Hawley script into production? Or I hope so. I mean, I hope so. I mean, they they've got Noah Hawley. They have Nicholas Mayer's script. They have uh, the J.J. Abrams script, which they're going through forward, mm-hmm. which is pretty uh, 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 central to our topic that we're going to mm-hmm. be discussing today because we're talking about the first J.J. Star Trek film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know I'm. You know, and uh, Jeff Russo is a great uh, composer, made a lot of great music for the Star Trek film. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they're 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 probably gonna do the Noah Hawley movie, but it's probably gonna be after the J.J. Abrams film. Mm-hmm. That's personally, unless the J.J. Abrams film just does gangbusters, makes them a lot of money, then they could always put the Holly film on on the back burner, or they could figure something else out to do with it. So right. Yeah. yeah, so that's true. That's true. That's yeah. true. So, all right, two more stories for you today, and they're both real life things. So, first, the Wan real Com- life shit here. Real, real life shit. Real, real life shit. So, the Wan Company um, last year, the Wan Company announced planning to build a functional Star Trek tricorder replica from the original series. Originally slated for release this summer, it's now expected to ship late 2021 or early next year. In the meantime, the Wong Company recently published two lengthy updates um, on the production of the replica. The updates give the consumers an idea of the challenge of recreating a 50-plus-year-old TV prop, even though the company is using modern technology. Mm. And you can go to trektor.com to see the details of it. And it says they've gone to extraordinary lengths to recreate the tricorder, basing their design on photographs and high-resolution 3D scans of the actual screen-used tricorder prop. The intention is that the replica will be able to scan radio frequencies, collect environmental data, and record audio, among other features. Hmm. For the Wanda Company, the idea is to build a product which not only looks and feels like the real thing, but one that also creates a rich experience for the owner, which is immerses them into the uh, optimistic expanse of the Star Trek universe. So, um, let's see. It says that they've they've been they've they've got the details for our CAD and three D printing. They've been working on some prototypes, and they the the process that has been the most difficult was uh, the sixty eight injection molded parts mm-hmm. and twenty two metal parts and numbers of different screws, bolts, springs, magnets, hand strip, leatherette strap, and three hundred fifty electronic components into six printed circuit boards. So they're building you know this thing. It just looks incredible. Looks super cool. Uh, Triple D, how long until we know that we see that you've bought this fully functional <laughs> tricorder? Uh, what's the price of this fully functional tricorder? They did not list the price on here. Uh, Guess what? Get... That is too rich for Triple D's blood if they don't list the price. <laughs> oh, that's I. I there's bullsh. I think I I'm gonna call bullsh on that one. I don't think so. All right, let me go to the one company. Let me see what it says here. Uh, if they've got. Um, a price for it. 
Uh, oh, they're showing pictures of it, man. This thing is going to be dope. I know. I mean, it's seriously it's uh, dope. It's going to look so cool. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, okay. So if it says you can register at the wand company's website. Oh, register. Yeah, they don't give you. They don't give you a price on this. Thing. So we got a three D printed tricorder that's put together by hand. It's going to be able to detect radio waves and record uh, and record and everything else. It's got the TV screen and everything, dude. Dude, dude that's five to six thousand dollars at least. <laughs> it's it's that's, crazy. That's two retro triple D's, but okay. The yeah. the plates the plates were like a hundred and fifty dollars. That's manageable. But for okay. something like that, that's way too much. Uh, okay. How much will it cost? We are aiming for a recommended retail price of 250 US dollars. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's not too bad. It's more expensive than our Star Trek Bluetooth communicator and phaser, but the Tricard is the most complex product we've ever developed. So they've also made yeah. 250 bucks, that's it? Yeah. Man, I was way off. Yeah, so <laughs> apparently they, they 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 do things like Doctor Who and um, okay. they've done a communicator, and apparently it's a Bluetooth, so you can use that as your phone. Oh, so wow. someone calls you Bluetooth communicator prop replica. Uh, so I'm, you can, I'm, is it like is it like it's the it's the OG communicator too? Yeah, right? it comes with a leather pouch. I that might says, have to do the OG communicator. Yeah. How much? How much is the OG communicator? Uh, let's see. Uh, it comes with a leather pouch. I'm trying to see where it goes. So yeah, it'll connect with your phone. Wow! And you could do that. Do me uh, do do me a favor. Uh, forward me the uh, the address of of the website so I can. Okay. Share. All right, yeah. That's that. That's not a good thing if you do that because I'm like, yeah. oh look, look, look what I got. Yeah, I know. That's that's. I know. I said that's all I was saying. How long do you think till Triple D? I get the, the the phaser and the fucking communicator. You get the phaser, the communicator, and then you're gonna get the tripod on top of that. Well, yeah. Well, hold on. The tricorder. Listen, I only rock the Captain Kirk uniform, so I need the phaser and the. uh Phaser and the communicator. So yeah. Okay. All right. Last one for today because this this is where we're going to really test you. All right. Okay. Uh, gold plated USS Enterprise NCC one seven zero one XL edition from the <laughs> Star Trek official ships collection. It's coming June thirtieth. It's a gold plated uh, NCC. No bloody A, B, C, or D. Yep. It is plated with eighteen karat gold. It's eleven inches long. Comes with a display stand and includes a 16-page full-color magazine. Um, it is, it'll set you back $199. So, and that is from the source called Hero Collector, is what they're saying. So, um, let's see, pre-ordered here. Ah, it's from Eagle Moss. So you can pre-order it from Eagle Moss. You can get this $199 gold-plated. Mm-hmm. So Triple D, are you are you pre-ordering or what? I already got a gold-plated Enterprise. Do you really? Yeah, it's right here. Look, see. Oh it's my lord! Franklin. Yeah, it's it's from the Franklin Mint. Oh, so that's even that's probably even more legit gold-plated than the other one. Yeah, it's number five hundred and fifty-five. So, so yeah, 
It needs a it needs a partner. It needs a partner. <laughs> no, actually, no. The, the partner would be um, the um, it would be the enterprise refit. That that would be the partner. Uh, yeah. The enterprise. That'd be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. All right. So we know you're not getting. So we we, we possibly sold you on one item. You possibly <laughs> sold me on two items on all three items. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pro. Yeah, all the other pros. But yeah, we could get you to bite on the gold plated one. So maybe uh, you never know. It all depends. It all depends. It all it depends. It all depends. Uh, so you know, but that's all the news I have for today. Um, and and then uh, that we've got going so far. So mm-hmm. I, how about we talk about our main topic today, Triple D? Sounds good to me. All right. So let's issue our black alert. <laughs> And what we'll do is talk, we're talking Kelvin timeline today. We're starting with Star Trek, uh, the, ret- the movie that started in 2009 titled Star Trek, uh, mm-hmm. Kelvin timeline. Now, uh, for a lot of you, maybe you saw the movie and you were wondering a little bit about the story, how things worked. Um, Triple D, you have it. Um, mm-hmm. But there was, I don't know if a lot of people read it. There was a, a, four, a four book uh, comic series called countdown mm-hmm. that was really really good yeah, it was. It was um, and it really excellent. it was excellent it explained the backstory of what would happen to lead up to the kelvin timeline mm-hmm. um and so um you know um and that was i really enjoyed it because we see that picard was involved um we talked they talk about the hobo star what happened mm-hmm. that picard uh was working trying to help save romulus um, which would be a theme that we would see in Picard later on uh, in the TV show Picard um, because he was ambassador of Vulcan um, at the time. And so Data was the captain of the Enterprise E. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? you know, Data was captain of the Enterprise E now. Um, apparently he was able to graft himself on his their memory engrams onto B4, and he was able to take that and become the mm-hmm. captain of the Enterprise E. And they began working on a project to figure out how to stop uh, the Hoba star. Cause the, what happened was the Hoba star exploded supernova, mm-hmm. but it didn't burn out. It kept going no. and it was engulfing things as it went along the way. And so uh, Romulus was next on the menu. And so Vulcan had uh Jordy had the, had the ship. Mm-hmm. Jordy created the jellyfish, which is what you saw in, yes. um, in the movie, which mm-hmm. is that very cool looking ship that Spock was flying. Um, and Spock in the Vulcan Science Academy had uh, this stuff called the Red Matter, mm-hmm. which was designed to basically it's basically a portable black hole. You took a drop and you can use it to create a yeah. A, I'm talking just like a little drop of it. A drop. It's literally a, 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 a drop. A little drop, um, and that would create a black hole. And they figured if they dropped uh, some of the red matter into the Hoba star, then that would Basically, it would eat itself, and then it would stop the Hoba star from being able to go. And then they created the jellyfish because it was designed to um, withstand some of the gravimetrical forces mm-hmm. that were caused that were being caused by the supernova, as well as keep the red matter safe. And so uh, it was determined they got that figured out. Spock was going to fly the ship, mm-hmm. um, and Nero was a miner. You know, yeah. he 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 had his ship. Um, he was a miner. And he was out on the edges of uh, Romulus space mining ore and doing everything like that. And when 
the Hoba star, you know, he, he basically put his trust in Picard and Spock and everybody, mm-hmm. and he helped them try to get what they needed so that they could save Romulus. Well, they weren't able to do it in time, and Romulus was destroyed. And that's where we see the markings and everything come from Nero. They shaved their heads. Nero, that wasn't his... He wasn't bald in, the, in that. All the Romulans that you yeah, see, they had, in, hair. They, they had hair. It's that's a period of mourning, and the markings on their face mm-hmm. was a period of mourning for the people they lost in Romulus. And so that's why you hear that Romulus is lost, and you know he loses a wife, and then he had a new child mm-hmm. that he he hadn't really been able to spend time with because he was out mining. And so we see that Romulus is destroyed. He's upset at Picard and Spot because he feels like they betrayed him. When in all actuality, it was issues with the Romulus government. Yeah, it was and, the Romulan Senate. And so we we see that you know Nero is out and about, and he comes across this you know uh, cloaked Romulan base, and they they provide him with basically a Borg type uh, device that transforms his ship into what we see it in the movie. Yeah, um, you know, and it it adapts to everything, and so the Romulans had gotten some hold of some Borg technology, which once again we know. Figures, that, yeah, figures. We, we saw that in Picard as well. Dishonorable assholes. Okay. Yeah, and and they used that to they were going to use that to upgrade their ships and things along those lines, and so that's what they did. And so Nero, um, so they still had to stop the Hoba Star. They couldn't save Romulus. Um, so Spock was on his way to stop the Hoba Star. When Nero shows up and was mm-hmm. attempting to fight and destroy uh, Spock because of what they felt was, you know, uh, the wrong, and so in that process he gets sucked into the black hole first, and he gets taken back into time, and then um, Spock follows because mm-hmm. uh, they were he was too close to the event horizon of the black hole. They did stop the Hobus Star, but mm-hmm. in that process Nero and Spock were lost to. The black hole we find out go in, in time. So that's kind of helps sets up the movie a little bit better. So if you yeah. know that, some of the things that you see in the movie make a lot more sense. Why does he why yeah. is he pissed at Spock? Why is going on? I know they kind of touched on it in the movie, but it mm-hmm. really expands on these comics really, really well. So this is yeah. a chance. This is this is a, a thing where I feel it's important to read this countdown uh comic book uh before you do that. They did it, I think, one other time with I think the next movie or something Star Trek, they did another countdown um, that was uh, supposed to tie into another thing. Hmm. I just, I don't remember it, but this was a really, really good one. Really well drawn. Yeah, it was, yeah. Really good story. And I think just honestly, you know, made the movie that much richer. It did. You know, so that way when you saw it, cause even when you saw the deleted scenes, there's, you got a little bit more information, but there's, you knew that there was a lot more backstory. Oh, you, know, you, knew, more, yeah. you knew that that, you know, because that's the whole thing. You knew that um, when you read the countdown that they go to the Klingon prison world for a period of time. And that's why they're there, you know, because mm-hmm. their ship was essentially disabled um, uh, after coming through a black hole. Your ship goes through a black hole. What do you think it's going to be? You know, mm-hmm. and so it's a it's it's a whole thing. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. So um, but then again, too, it also helped me prepare for the new Star Trek movie, which I was excited about, you know? Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, Triple D, when you heard they were going to make a new one and it was going to be a new cast, um, and but it was going to be set 
You know, you're going to have Kirk and Spock, but it's going to be mm-hmm. a different story. So how did you feel going into this movie, knowing it's going to be Kirk and Spock, but just like slightly different? How did you feel about that? When, back in 2009? Yeah. Back in 2009, I wasn't even like, I was a casual Star Trek fan. I wasn't even mm. a big Star Trek fan. So I didn't see the movie in the theaters. I saw the movie afterwards. Mm. And uh, I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was done really, really well. Um, the, the the fights and the special effects were phenomenal. The casting was right on, especially with Eric Bana playing Nero and how Nero was kind of like, you know, that, that, that swarmy, like, asshole Romulan, which most of them are swarmy assholes. And just... But I think one of the best casting in the movie was Bruce Greenwood as Captain Pike. He just brought such, you know, like, such a, a presence... You know, um, to you know, to Pike and everything else, it was just great. And then the whole line of you know, punch it, and you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, he was really, really good as Captain Pike. So yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, the thing and the opening scene of the movie, I watched it, and I've seen the opening this opening scene like a thousand times. Mm-hmm. It's still the most, it's one of the most emotional things ever. The yeah. way they shoot it and. You just, you just feel, you know, you just feel for, you know, Kirk growing up that he's not going to have his father. His father mm-hmm. sacrificed himself so that he could survive, him and his mother could, could survive. Mm-hmm. When in reality, this is an alternate timeline where his father didn't have to die. Right. And you just think about that. You just, and then you, then you start thinking about your own father and your own family. And you're just like, oh my God, it's just, it's, it's a powerful, powerful fucking opening scene and it's really good and fuck it was just really yeah good. <laughs> it, was it's, really it's, it really was you know the the butterfly effect one thing happens and changes yeah. and, and but at the same time too um i think we see that fate finds a way as well you know mm-hmm. at, james kirk ends up in starfleet where he was supposed to be you know he ends up where he ends up supposed to be um you know because fate finds a way but you know, at the same time too the importance of his father, as we know, you know, his father was influential in his life growing up and part of, once again, why he's joined Starfleet. And this reason his father joined, he joined Starfleet for the wrong reasons because he didn't have his dad. And, you know, Pike encouraged him. He's like, your, your father was a captain for 13 minutes. Imagine what you could do, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, okay, all right. Well, and then, whereas with, TOS Eric Kirk, we know that his dad was in Starfleet and, and influenced him, and he got to see him become captain and mm. uh, all those things. So you know, it, it was it was interesting how the the paths they had were different. You know, the struggles that <coughs> uh, TOS Kirk had uh, didn't have necessarily, maybe whereas you know Kelvin Kirk did. Mm-hmm. You know, struggling to find his place and figure out who he is. Um, trying to figure out what it was that um, he was supposed to do with his life, you know, whereas TOS Kirk had his dad, you know, showing him the direction, you know, um, which, you know, it's funny because it's a J.J. Abrams movie. And in this one, uh, what's his name? Greg, something or other that's in all of J.J. Abrams movies. They're, they're like best friends. He's the stepdad uh, that calls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he always finds a way. J.J. Abrams, always, he, in, in Star Trek, uh, and the third one, he's the guy that's controlling the stations. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. yeah, that guy. You know, he's in all of them. And he finds a way to put him in all of them. 
but uh, in this one, he's the stepdad, and it was a different. It was, it was it was a different person at the beginning, but they found a way to get him in, and he's like, "If you wreck that car," so we see that there's he has more of a wild side in this one. He's a little bit more gung ho mm-hmm. than TOS. Not that TOS Kirk wasn't gung ho, but there was a somewhat reservedness to him at some times. Whereas this is a balls to the wall Kirk that mm-hmm. is just he's out to prove something. He's got a chip on his shoulder. You know, he's he's his dad. You know, did something that you know people talk about, and he's got to live up to that. Yeah, and you know, so what's he going to do? He's got to go bigger. And live with, you know, he lives with kind of reckless abandon, going about doing the things he wants to do. So it was just a very interesting look at Kirk mm-hmm. and how he goes about things. But at the same time, even in that brashness and that rogue way he goes about things, he still is a smart guy. You know, Geni- genius level intellect. Yeah, really. I mean, he's a smart guy. He knows mm-hmm. he remembers. He does all those things. I mean, the Kobayashi Maru, we always have wanted to know how he beat the Kobayashi Maru. And, of course, we talk about it, that he cheated, but we get to see it in this one. You know, that's kind of like everybody wanted to see how did he cheat the Kobayashi Maru, and we see it in this one, which I was a little disappointed they, they cut out some of the deleted scenes from this. Because, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So if you go to the – I got to watch, watch deleted scenes. I got to watch some of the deleted scenes. Yeah. Scene. So they show a little bit more about how he does it. Basically, the, the idea was the Orion girl that he was – Hooking up with, Boinking, yeah, yeah. So like, she was, she worked in the 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 training room thing. So he sent her a message, oh. and of course she opens it, and that's where the worm gets in. Really, and that's kind of the whole thing of how wow. he, yeah. So it's it's pretty cool, like how he Our does guy, it. Man. Yeah, Smart. no, yeah, uses his charm and his wit, and yeah. you know, to kind of do everything that he needs to and do, his, and probably his huge horse cock, and that's, uh, <laughs> that's how he, that's how he, that's how he did yeah, it. exactly, because you got to to do something like that. So yeah. you know, but it, it, so I I think you know. Honestly, it's interesting because we see these characters, we're familiar with them, mm-hmm. and yet it's it's an interesting how they've all taken different paths because of yeah. this one thing that happened. You know, Scotty being you know sent to a you know basically a, a, a Federation outpost because he accidentally sent Admiral Archer's. Yeah, I got that. Admiral Archer's <laughs> prize beagle. beagle. Yeah, yeah. I was like Porthos, no, no, oh, not Porthos. Because I, I have, I have two beagles, so of course oh, I'm I see. very yeah. partial to that. And so I was like, yeah, Scotty, you should rot in hell like there forever. I was, <laughs> I was a little mad, but yeah, yeah. There was that, a. Uh, I was going to say there was a lot of uh, throwbacks to Enterprise. Yeah, there was, and I mean, just the idea of Spock in you know that you know he didn't go to the Vocal Academy because. You know, they they viewed him as even though you're handicapped of being human. So his reasoning for not going to the Vulcan Science Academy was because they didn't view him as Vulcan. So he went to you know Starfleet instead, you know, which was, you know, different than, you know, how they went about going about it in TOS. So we, we're seeing some differences in these characters. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Bones is Bones. I don't think there is a bunch of... Oh, my of, God. I you mean, know, Carl I mean, Carl, Urban. Carl Urban, he fucking nailed it out of the park. You know, home so run. Good. Home run. He yeah. Like, 
goddamn wife. You got half the planet too on top of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, he just is unwilling as a fly or do transporters or anything along those lines. It's perfect. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a whatever. Yeah. You know, just just throwing those kind of things in there. <laughs> it was great. You know, he and green, he, green, green, butted hobgoblin. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know. Uh. You know, just those kind of things that we see that you know. Boy, that was that one was almost spot on, you know. That um, you know, really, it was good stuff on that one. Was, uh, I was I was watching the uh, the, the uh, Star Trek Six, the Cry Havoc, yeah, the end where 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 where, where uh, him and Spock are putting the missile in, and, yeah. and McCoy goes, "I'd give real money for him to shut up." Okay? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I was like, I, I I can see Carl Urban saying that same thing. It's oh like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, he really, I mean, he he got the essence of McCoy. Yeah, and I gotta say this, Zachary Quino, he got Spock, but it's—I mean, I don't get me wrong—it's not the Spock that we all know and love because this is different Spock because of the whole of the whole timeline thing. Yeah. So, but of course, you know, then when we see Nimoy, you know, it's like when I saw Leonard Nimoy, heart was just like, oh, I miss, I miss Leonard Nimoy so much, you know. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just. It's just uh, but we did get Leonard Nimoy. You know, that yeah. was the cool part about this is that we did get Leonard Nimoy in this. Um, you know, that's that's the whole, you know, which, spoiler, we find out that Leonard Nimoy is in this movie. Um, so it was very interesting to see Zachary Quinto be able to work alongside Leonard Nimoy as that mm -hmm. Spock character. And I think that really helped him grab the mm -hmm. essence of Spock is because you're talking to the man who created this character. You know, mm -hmm. as much as Gene Roddenberry and the other writers wrote Spock, mm -hmm. Leonard Nimoy brought it to life. He really created that character did, and made it so beloved that he is. I mean, and so, uh, you know, I, I, the one I was the most intrigued by was um, uh, Uhura, you know, the, the character that, you know, played mm -hmm. there. Because um, we, we don't know a lot about her. You know, mm -hmm. there wasn't a ton really revealed about her. And we just see why she's communications because she's so gifted at, you know, discovering, you know, languages and being able to hear, you know, knowing, I know all three dialects of, of, you know, Romulan, Romulan and, uh, you know, Vulcan. Uh, I can't make it out Vulcan. And I know all three dialects of Romulan, you know, just once again, the incredible level of talent that she has yeah. and that makes her an ideal candidate for working on the bridge, you know, um, and, and, by the, and by the way, they did a great job in the casting too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, yeah. Zoe Saldana was. Just, oh my God, Zoe. Yeah, she is. You know, whew. she was. Top she was. Notch. She was Michelle Nichols, like. Yeah. You know, oh, you know that was like, whew, that was good stuff. Yeah. You know, and then I mean, even even the inclusion of Chekhov, um, you know, and Sulu. That, that, that was great. You know, Chekhov and Sulu were were they were casted. And and it's a shame that who, what was the actor's name? Uh, Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin. Yeah, that that he died in that just that freak accident. The way yeah. they died, that's terrible. It's so crazy, and yeah. you know, but it was so good because you know you had that you know Walter Koenig in that that thick Russian accent, and mm. Anton Yelchin did it so well. I don't know if you've seen other things that he did, and he doesn't nearly have that heavy accent, and it's very almost jarring to see some of the things that he's done. Without the accent, you're kind of wanting it, and then he, you know, it's the fact that he's like, you know, Victor, Victor, and it's like, yeah, Victor, Victor. It, yeah. He can't, he can't, the computer can't read it. He goes, yeah, Victor, Victor, like you know, him trying to say yeah. that guy, it was hilarious, and 
you know, uh, you know, and then of course Sulu, like he doesn't know how to fly. You know, uh, he's in the chair for the first time, and you know, you leave the parking brake on, you know, kind of thing. This is the parking brake. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you know, so he's nervous starting off, but then you know, by the end, we see he's the Sulu we know and love of being mm-hmm. confident and. Um, but we even see that in this movie. You know, we get the sword fighting scene, fencing. Mm-hmm. The fencing, know. yeah, the fencing. You know, um, so, you know, there's so so many neat things that they call back to TOS for this, where we see the character, we recognize it, we go, oh, oh, you know, it's the, the, the Leonard, Leonard, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at the TV screen going, like, we're holding a beer going, oh, yeah, I see that kind of thing. Uh, you know, we, we get a lot of that. There's that nostalgia, but then we get a new story. Altogether, because yeah. Kirk is not the captain of the Enterprise. He's, you know, just a guy. You know, really, he's trying to make his way through the academy. He was about mm-hmm. to get kicked out, and you know, uh, and then we see Spock. You know, when we have the reveal that real Spock is there, you know, uh, and he's like, "You're not the captain of the Enterprise." Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you know, and he's like, "No, you hate me." He's like, "What?" You know, he's. What? Yeah, he's he's trying to figure out, like you know, obviously he realizes that they're in a alternate timeline, and uh, he's in because at one point he goes, "Don't you know what I'm going to say?" He goes, "No, this is an alternate timeline, so points of the past have been different, so everything from that point forward has changed." Mm-hmm. And and it it gives you that option now of all right, this is this is this could be a whole new wild wild west, yeah, you know, of where we could take these things, and so from that moment on, it became really really fun to see. How are they going to do this? How are they going to go about it? Because mm-hmm. they can't rely on well, what what does Spock know? Because Spock doesn't know anything different. You know, he can't no. he can't say well this was going to happen. I mean, he can give some ideas, but it's a completely different timeline. You know, they don't have you know they don't they call the shuttlecrafts uh, or the escape pods Kelvin pods. Kelvin you know, by pods, the time yeah, yeah well, by the time. well well plus two that the, the the whole technology on the Enterprise. A lot of technology in the enterprise is sort of like Borg technology, you know. They yeah. Have trans, they have, you know, the trans warp drive where they can, you know, travel, you know, just, 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 just like how the Borg can. Right. The weapons are the weapons are more advanced because the Romulan ship with that Borg technology, the Federation obviously had to beef up, you know, everything up, and and still even then, still even then. The Nero still whipped the Federation's fucking ass. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, I mean, I mean it's, so it's good. I mean, and that's the thing. So, if nothing else, the you've got this idea of this. It's same but different, and then you're telling this really cool story of mm-hmm. this future tech guy comes from the past, changes the past by what doing one thing, destroying a ship that had Kirk's dad on it, who sacrifices himself so that everybody can get off. Because the only way they get off of shuttle pods, they didn't have escape pods. They didn't have anything else. So it was just trying to hurry and get people off the shuttle pods. So let's let me sacrifice myself so we get everybody off, and then uh, and then off we go. And then that twenty five years later affects everything that we have going on mm-hmm. from that point forward. And so now Nero's ready to get back at it because Spock showed up. You know, he's now showed up in the jellyfish, and they get out of the Klingon prison that they were in. They show up and they capture Spock. Mm-hmm. And what does he say? He says, I want to make you feel my pain I'm by destroying, one. destroying, one. destroying your planet, destroying mm-hmm. Vulcan. And because he's a minor, that's the whole thing. That's And this is where like people are like, well, where do they have that big laser drill? You know, 
this is where the countdown comics come in. Exactly. They had that from mining from when they would do mining in space and things along those lines. And so um, the big guy was, that was on that ship when they jump on it to try to stop the, the drill from going down to the surface, that he was one of the crew that was part of that mining drill system that was like, oh, you know, friends with Nero was friends with everybody on his ship because they yeah. were a mining ship. It yeah. wasn't a very, it was, you still, he was the captain, but they weren't a military ship. They were, you know, commerce and mining. And so there was a more familial aspect to their ship than you would see a normal uh, Romulan ship. And so, um, you know, it was very interesting to see that. Um, and you see, you know, the different characters, uh, you know, Engineer Olsen, who, you know, is trying to be the daredevil. You think Kirk's going to be the daredevil. And this guy is just, I don't know, he's just mental. He decides he's going to, like, do yeah. whatever. And uh, and then we see, once again, the ingenuity of Kirk of mm-hmm. going, okay, how do I stop this? I don't have any explosives. I don't have anything. We've just beat two Romulans. Well, let me point a disruptor at it and just start shooting. And go, surely that's got to do something because the disruptor, as we know, uh, is pretty nasty. It is so, a nasty, nasty weapon. It is a nasty weapon. Uh, but we get this, we get Sulu and his sword, um, and we get some really cool action sequences. The both of them jumping off the platform and getting teleported onto the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, all for naught because Vulcan is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spock, we find out, is on a moon right near there, seeing all this happen. And um, you know, Kirk. And then this is the big point of this of the story. Um, you know, Pike has been captured. Uh, Spock is Kirk was supposed to be in charge, but Spock, you know, basically calls, you know, says he's mutinied, and so uh, that they kick him off the ship, mm-hmm. and he lands on the same planet that Spock happens to be on. Who then they as they work their way down, they figure out they're on there. There's a Federation base, and we meet Scotty. And uh, Kinzer, Simon, Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg, right? Simon Pegg and, and Kinzer are there, and uh, they're basically out of the middle of nowhere. And Spock kind of uh, does what Scotty will eventually do in Star Trek Star Four. Trek. I was going to say exactly in Star Trek Four with yeah. trans with with transparent aluminum. Yeah, exactly. So you know, which is a great callback. So yeah, it is you a know, callback because surely, because surely, Mister Scott probably told Spock how they got, you know, trans, you know, trans yes. and so, uh, you know, so he's like, well, you haven't invented it yet. You know, I'm going to show you how, and, you know, we see the funny, like, Oh, I never turned to me that space was the thing that was moving, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, so it's that whole idea of, you know, the callbacks to everything of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you're from the future and, you know, the, the, but the, also the funny idea that Spock informs him that you can't tell him, because you know maybe that the universe will explode, and you know, so funny things like that. Because yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, because Spock. Kirk, yeah, because Spock asked him, "Well, why didn't you just come back and tell me?" Yeah, I told him that the universe would explode. Yeah, and Spock just looks and goes, "That was enough." You lied. I, I inferred. No, I inferred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, no, I inferred. It's, it's it's sort of like from uh from um Star Trek Two. Right. Kind of, yeah. Exactly. And then. But he goes on. He just oh, well, and, and in six, they you know they bring that back because yeah, Valeris, they bring it back in six, yeah, yeah. And Valeris said he says he says to Valeris a lie. She goes, uh, an omission, you know, omission, uh, yeah, yeah, or you know, and so yeah. uh, yeah, so it's very interesting. We see all that. We they get on get on the ship, and of course, you know, he tells them I'm emotionally compromised, Jim. No matter what, 
You say, I just saw my planet die. I can tell you I'm emotionally compromised. And using that to um, get Spock out of the chair so that Kirk can be in command because technically he's second in command behind Spock. And so now Kirk's in the big chair and what they're going to do to go after Nero and they get everything worked out and mm -hmm. him and Spock coming together and figuring things out. And, uh, you know, and it ends in a, in a good way. You know, they go and get Pike, they get everything they need. They get the jellyfish off the ship. You know, uh, the fact that, you know, Kirk tells them you'll be able to fly the ship. How do you know? Uh, Cause he's trying to once again, not infer that it's for the future. And, you know, he gets on the ship and then he says, and they say hello or something. And it says, welcome back, Ambassador Spock. You know, welcome back, Ambassador Spock. And he fascinating. You know, just, you know, just the idea, you know, that it doesn't flinch him that he's called Ambassador Spock. He gets on and just says fascinating and takes off, you know, just being that thing. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it was so, and of course, the whole part of it, though, is J.J. Abrams does a great job of balancing the dramatic with the action. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just a great ending sequence with the jellyfish fighting and then the Enterprise coming in and making sure the jellyfish can get there and they get Spock off. And so all that red matter ignites with the ship and explodes. And Yeah. Hold on. And, and I love the fact that it's like where, where Kirk's like, we'll, we'll help you. You know, we'll, we'll assist you if you want to get your people off the ship. And Nero's like, never. And then and Spock's like, Jim, what are you doing? Well, I thought you had diplomacy, Spock. I, you know, usually that's what you want to do. Logic, like, logic, logic well, it's, it's, it's logic dictate. And Spock goes, not this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, you know. And, yeah, and, and of course, and then, and of course, I would rather die in a thousand deaths than you know, get help from me. He's like, okay. You okay. Know? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know, that's, that's all I need to hear. So, you know, the, and, uh, you know, we see, we see the warp, how the, but, you know, the things that we see, the warp core is different, you know. Yeah, it's um, like it's like this giant, like it's like a giant factory of the yeah, warp yeah. And, and and when it when they eject the warp core to get away from the black hole, mm -hmm. it's it's not just one giant warp core. It's like six. So it looks six, like a yeah. V6, it looks like a V six engine because all of a sudden these these mm -hmm. look, piston looking things pop out and then boom and give them the bubble and they take off forward. That's 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 probably how the that's probably with with the new warp core that system. That's probably how they achieve. The trans warp and, and everything else, you right? Know, to you know, to do travel yeah. where you can travel like at warp like 16 or 17 or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so ridiculous because you know, they said they'll be mm -hmm. there in 20 minutes for to get the Vulcan from Earth, which yeah. you know, uh, yeah, it, it's that seemed like wow, 20 minutes that seems pretty quick, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, even in, in the next movie that we that they go into, they talk about getting to clean, you know, the Cleon space and. They weren't. It didn't take them that long, you know. Yeah. They 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 booked it. So you know, it's very interesting to see just the differences in this, but still the familiarity of it, the idea of what Star Trek could be, even if you change one thing, you know, um, it still made it good. I think J.J. Abrams did a great job with this movie, um, uh, giving it a platform to still be able to tell creative stories mm -hmm. with characters that you you are familiar with, but. Letting them be a little bit different. Yeah. Letting them be, you know, not quite what you expected, but also at the same time, you know, familiar with you with where you're like, ah, yeah, that's that's exactly. the person I, you know, I know and love. And you see those things, you know, you see that in these characters. And the fact that, you know, the thing I loved about it is a lot of the characters they did such a good job of trying to honor the people that came before them. You know, mm -hmm. um, Anton Yelchin 
with you know his portrayal of Chekhov and um, of the guy from Harold and Kumar, which I've only seen him from that. So to see him play in a role like this to be Sulu, I was very impressed because yeah, I was, was yeah. I I've only seen him in goofy stuff like that, and so mm-hmm. to be able to pull this off, uh, John Cho, that's who. You know, being, yeah. yeah, to be able to see that, you know, um, I was very impressed. Like, because, like I said, I hadn't seen him in a lot of yeah. stuff like that. Um, everybody did a great job of honoring the people that came before them, you know. And so it was so cool to see your you know, your favorite characters younger, and, and but not quite the same, but still fun, you know. And, yeah, and it, it just it just made it a whole. It was a great movie. A whole good. It's such a good yeah. movie. It really was. And so, but. I love it. I saw it in the theaters, so that was okay. So oh, you got lucky, so you got. I, I, yeah, no, because I was always a, a Trek fan, yeah. so of course, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when they said coming out the theaters, that I was first weekend in, awesome. and I was going to go see it because something like that needs to be seen on the big screen. It does, you know? yeah, it does need to be seen. On the big you screen. know, you you see the the ship and the nacelles and the music and the the rumble and and everything along those yeah. lines. Yeah, you know, it's just. Um, it's one of those things where, like, man, you got to watch this on the big screen to get the full experience of it. They got to redo the motion picture on the big screen with the music and everything. You would, I, you know, those uh, what fathom events. I don't know if they still do them or not. You know, yeah. where they would do that with you know with orchestras or mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that, would, that would be unfucking real. Yeah, if they did that because I, I mean, just. The music, the music, I mean, yeah, I mean, the motion picture, yeah, you say it's boring, and yeah, I mean, it can get, it can drag on at times. So does Stevie and Lance and... Uh, what, whatever, whatever, okay, fine, <laughs> whatever. We're, we're splitting hairs here. But if you have the big orchestra there, and you can see, like, the ship, and I, it just, it's just, to me, I think that would be out of this world. Because, I mean, because speaking of the motion picture... The motion picture is a space opera. Yeah. In reality, that's what it is. It's a fucking space opera. It's not really it's 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 sci-fi, but it's not really sci-fi. It's an opera. So obviously people, you know, who enjoy operas and enjoy the music, you know, which I love the music. And I'm not saying anything bad about Stevie or Lance. You know, yeah, I mean, maybe the opera isn't is isn't their thing, you know, and but 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 to me, I love the music and the scenery and everything. From the motion picture that was good and i could see how this the star trek 2009 i see some of the motion picture in it with the music and everything else how jj framed it up framed it up really really well and but unlike the motion picture this had more action in it yeah so i think that was the difference if the motion picture had a little more action a little more backstory in it it'd be good this movie they did the reboot of it the music was phenomenal. Michael, I think it's like uh, Giannaco, did he was the composer. He did a phenomenal job with the soundtrack, the theme, mm-hmm. and everything. And out of this world. It, yeah. it, I, it was a great reboot to it. I liked Into Darkness. Into Darkness was really good as well. I thought so. Beyond, uh, beyond actually, Beyond's not that bad. It's not. Beyond's not that bad of a movie. It's just that, unfortunately, with Beyond, the the Paramount couldn't make the money, you know, didn't make enough money on Beyond to to renew it to go forward. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but well, that was and it was because you know there was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, you know, it was 
let's be honest, the, the crawl character, um, you know, but, it was but, interesting. But, but the but, crawl character was so good though, because he was. come to find out, he's he was he was a part he, of the you know he was part of Starfleet. Well, yeah, but he was a military man that joined Starfleet. Right, and then you come to find out that Starfleet left him out there. Yeah, yeah. And then exactly. he talks about finding like the Zindi and Enterprise and everything. That was, I mean, it really good. I mean, yeah. I mean, did it get a little? It got a little hokey at times. It did get hokey mm-hmm. at sometimes. I love the opening of it, where like literally Kirk is running away from like the, like the small people there. Yeah, there. that's hilarious. Yeah, and, and he says, you know, and his captain's like he's getting a little episodic, you know, uh, you know, referencing yeah. the TOS kind of era. Yeah. You know, there there's some good things to it. It's just I think you know at the same time, people were expecting a little bit more. You know, um, and um, you know I but I mean I liked Beyond. I thought it was I liked good. Beyond too. I thought Beyond you know, was good too. I, I you know I think um, you know like you said towards the end of that movie it was hokey with you're on the Franklin you're you're blasting Beastie Boys you know to stop the signal uh, destroying all these ships so. Beastie Boys uh, sabotage is what's going on. Beastie, what's that? Some Beastie Boys made some money from, from that. Oh yeah, because well, they were in all three movies. They, they had, were, yeah. They had songs on which sabotage was in the first one and the third one, and mm-hmm. then there was another Beastie Boys uh, song in two that I don't remember which where it was in, but they had it in there. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they made some money off of that. Obviously, J.J. Abrams is a Beastie Boys fan, but you know. You know that part was a little, uh, you know, hon- mm-hmm. you know, there, and I think I think the problem was, you know, at the same time too, you know, Kirk is questioning if he should be doing what he's doing, if he's going to go in for a vice admiral job at the station, mm-hmm. and that's not something Kirk ever wanted. You know, when Kirk was yeah. promoted to admiral, it was against his will. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be in that chair. We see that in the motion picture, and that's actually. The- and I'm sorry, and you see that in in the year five comic as well. Yeah, in the first one where he gets the letter and he's like all he's he's like pissed off, and Bones asks him, Jim, well, what's wrong, Jim? Jim's like, I got a fucking promotion. I got a promotion, Bones. And and Bones like, that's great, Jim. You're gonna be an admiral. He goes, I don't want to be a fucking admiral. I want to be the captain of the Enterprise. Yeah. This is where I belong. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's that's always who he's been. And, but once again, it's it's a Kelvin timeline. It's different. It's, it's a different and, timeline, exactly. And, and and that's where I think sometimes people, you know, it's kind of like people who complain about like Lord of the Rings movies not being like the book. Well, yeah, because those are five hundred page books, and they're having to put yeah. in a three hour movie, exactly. and they can't get everything in there. Um, or you know, oh, this comic book movie wasn't like the comic books. Yeah, because they have to do something different mm-hmm. to make it work for the movie aspect. You know, they can be similar. They can have some connection and some attachment, but there's not going to be the same thing. You can't, no, you, you can't walk do in. You can't walk in going, well, it's not my Kirk, you know, because, mm-hmm. of course, it's not your Kirk. That's not the point. You need to go in with an open mind, and that's what I've said from every time. Like, when people ask me about comic book movies or whatever, I'm like, I don't compare it to the source material. You, you can't. Know? I, I, you can't because it's not going to be the same. There's no way mm-hmm. it could be the same. You know, a book, has, a book has unlimited really resources on how mm-hmm. they can go about it. A guy can write three pages on a, on what a set looks like. Exactly. You, know, you might get what 10 seconds of that in a movie mm-hmm. before you yeah. have to move forward. And so in developing relationships, you can spend a whole chapter on a relationship, whereas that might get five minutes in a movie. 
you know, exactly. because you've got to tell the story. You've got to yeah. bring the main point across. So it's, it's, I think the, the problem with, with beyond by that time is people were wanting more Star Trek as far as like TOS and they weren't getting it. And that's the problem is it, yeah. and that, and then I, yeah. and I, I really honestly think that's what it is. And they wanted that Kirk and Spock and, you know, they wanted that TOS stuff, but they weren't getting it. They and wanted so, a relationship. They wanted yeah. a relationship, yeah. which I maybe they should have done that a little more. Which they did a little and, bit. You, you yeah, saw the did. bones, you know, the, Spock the, the, the bones and Spock moments were, they were, they were awesome. They were awesome. They were great. Yeah. And then you had, you know, Kirk and, and Chekhov, those moments together, which Kirk and Chekhov never had those moments Back in the original series, right? It or if they did, it, it was very small. If they yeah, it was very did. small. You so know? I thought maybe you know maybe they should have had more of you know maybe they should have had more of Kirk and Spock being a little more friendly mm-hmm. to each other, a little more bantering with each mm-hmm. other. You know, I thought if if they probably would have done that, it probably would have been a little bit better. Right. But I mean, we're nitpicking here. You know, three really really good movies. Yeah, and then, then so, I think the other the one other thing once again people. Didn't realize this is the first one that didn't have any connection to TOS because in, yeah. into the, into darkness they had Khan. So of course everybody's like, "Oh, okay, Khan, that's so cool. All right, um, you know, kind of thing." Yeah. Whereas well, this one, there was no other than the fact that they mentioned Spock died at the beginning. You mm-hmm. know, because Leonard Nimoy had died, um, and so there's that connection there. Uh, other than that, there's no. This doesn't correlate to anything TOS. This was a brand. New yeah, invention yeah, altogether, and so I enjoyed it from that aspect of mm-hmm. you know, okay, in the dark was cool because there's a retelling of Khan and you know the Wrath of Khan kind of thing. So there is that aspect of it, but with this, I really enjoyed it because it was his own standalone thing, it was, and yeah. I thought this is what we've been clamoring for. We wanted something that was a you know not TOS related, something standalone on its own, and I thought it was good. <laughs> but I think so many people were like, "Well, this." Yeah, you know, this exactly. Thing. Yeah, these are. But these first, are they complained about the, fans. Yeah, because they they complained about it. Oh, this is just Wrath of Khan in reverse or whatever, you know. But then now there's nothing there. Like, well, there's no connection to TOS at all. And yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you know, people are bitching about Into Darkness. It's like, guys, you can't copy Wrath of Khan because at the time you know you know there was that thing between Paramount and CBS right. they weren't they weren't the same company now how they are now they had, things had to be fucking different and guess what i thought they did a great job into darkness i, I liked i i liked the whole aspect of it and everyone's like oh yeah they took Khan's blood and that's where they bring Kirk back to life again that's fucking cool that's that's something new about Khan mm-hmm. that we don't know about that's yeah. something that they that they can use now in the future in, in different movies now He's a it's superior like, human. That's it's it. I mean, I, that was eugenics wars. I mean, they they and they go into that. And plus two, Robocop was the uh, was the was the admiral too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And guess what? And we saw tits and ass. Yeah, we did. I mean, come on. I mean, what? Uh, you know, Sergeant fans are fishing about that. Like, well, yeah. they got her. You know, you know, they got her all in her underwear and her bra. Well, I, 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 oh, 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 I'm sorry. What's my? You don't, you don't like vaginas and tits, okay? Yeah, apparently. I do. Guess yeah. what? 
hip hip who fucking rave for that okay yeah i'm all i am all about that i mean you had Seriously. pike's death which 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 you know was that was powerful too powerful and how it affected kirk you know that was yeah. just really really good on that aspect as well you know yeah. i mean there were so many good things about it and yet you know and that's i guess that's at the, at the end of the day you know people are gonna be people enjoy what you enjoy but enjoy it for the right reasons. If you've got a problem with it, explain why and for the right reasons, not because, oh, it was just a retelling of Wrath of Khan. Well, yeah, it is, you know, because, yeah, yeah. again, this is a different timeline. They're telling a different story. And so that's why I like. I think, you know, of course, it had been, what, um, so many years since they had had a Star Trek movie, um, you know, since, you know, with, and so 2009's Star Trek was going to make a bajillion dollars. You know, because yeah, everybody was yeah, clamoring for it. Yeah. And and then, you know, I think by the time we're done with this, um, by the third movie, people are just like, okay, you know, yeah, it's Star Trek. But there's there was no episodes. There was no TV shows. There's no support behind it mm-hmm. to, you know, show that, oh, this is what we're doing for the Kelvin timeline or this is what we're doing. You know, whereas I think now where you've got CBS, who's got five shows in production right now, you've got everything going on. That if you put a movie like that, if they would have waited till now to put those out, I think they would have been received better, and they would have been able to, you know, go oh, okay, yeah, no, this makes more sense because yeah. we see the time, you know, Discovery tying in the Kelvin timeline. We see mm-hmm. there's bits and pieces of things going on throughout it. Um, I think Lower Decks makes a reference to it, and you know, in yeah, anyway, you know, there's just all kinds of things that go on now that support. You know, there was no support. You know, there was no, no there wasn't no TV shows. There was no nothing to encourage the continuation of Star Trek. And, and, f- and for those three movies to basically stand alone on their own, it was really good. It was yeah. really, really good. And it really was. Yeah. So I mean, I think John, I think we pretty much I think we pretty much nailed Star Trek two thousand nine and mm-hmm. a little more in depth on the Kelvin timeline and our opinions on it. So I think this is a good time to wrap it up, even though we've had a few interruptions throughout the podcast, but we have one of the best, <laughs> we have one of the best editors in, in the game and Money MacGyver. He's definitely got his work cut out for him. Yeah. So, so John, let's do our plugs. Let's say our goodbye. So John, where can all the Star Trek Academy fans find you, my friend? They can find me at Min on Twitter and Instagram and jreezy on TikTok. Um, just for the fun of it, uh, you can do that. Oh, I want to give a shout out to Strangler Steve, who, by the way, yeah. he he had to work on Jeffrey's two three three one, and he got it working at optimal level. So, thank you, He's sir, for taking care of that. I mean, the Strangler, the you, you got it. You got to love that. So, we got to bring the Striz on, man. I know. I, I I've I've talked to him about it, you know, and so you never uh, know. Maybe you never know. Maybe maybe in December. Maybe the Striz might be here with me and. Live in my house, maybe. Oh, hey, that would be you, cool. You never know. You never know. You never know. That would no, be because, cool. I mean, because, because the Shriz does have some ties here to upstate New York. So there you go. So you never there know. You so if the Shriz visits here, I'll be like, I'll be like Shriz, come on. Come, come on, on. Let's record a podcast. Yeah. So, so that, so you can see me there uh, and all those places. Also, on Facebook, John and Wright uh, on Facebook. Um, or so, and, or if you just want to connect with us on, uh, and talk Star Trek uh, in, in a very specific way. You can talk to us on Twitter at, at the Academy HMG. Um, on 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 Facebook, you can 
you can either try, try to type in the Academy with Triple D and JDE on HMG or just type in the at symbol at Academy HMG uh, to find us there. Or you can always, always please email the show mm -hmm. uh, if you if you want to. Uh, let's see. Sorry. Uh, as it's, it's I said. A, it's Academy, still... Academy HMG at Yahoo.com. Exactly. So okay. apparently I haven't, haven't – as I said, I got my computer, but I haven't fixed some things yet. I haven't, okay. I haven't done my whole uh, yeah logging into the academy from Yahoo good. yet. So it's you can good. do that as well. You can hit, you can email us on the show. We're also on Discord. We have a leaf there where you can kind of put in your uh, uh, Star Trek information there and talk to us about what you want to talk to uh, and, and maybe here on the show. Um, you know, if there's topics or things you want us to talk about, you want us to do a top ten or top five or whatever. We uh, will be glad to do that. So you just got to hook us up and tell us what it is. Oh, wow. Uh, apparently, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates have announced they're divorcing. So someone's, someone's about to get paid. Paid. Yeah. Fuck, fuck both of them. Okay. They're, they're, they're both fucking cunts. Yeah. So uh, somebody just says, hopefully Melinda Gates is a spiteful woman and leaves all the evil shit her husband is really up to. I hope so. God, <laughs> God I hope so. So they're saying that they're announcing their retirement. Melinda's about to get paid. And, the, to get paid. and the Gates Foundation is kind of, uh, they're not uncertain about what's going to happen to it in the future. So, um, oh, so sad. I'm not, uh, sorry. That was just a side tangent, uh, breaking news happening. Um about that, so, uh, so yeah, that's how you can get a hold of us on the academy um, and everything. Like There's Triple D. I know how do we get a hold of you and give us the uh, plugs. You wow. Got okay, so you can find me on Facebook, Dimitri Zerdos on Facebook, Instagram, Dimitri Zerdos. Uh, no, is it a uh, uh, whatever? Demetrius ninety seven seventy eight on Instagram. Easily find me on there. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Greek twenty five. Not really doing anything on Twitter because Twitter is evil. Uh, <laughs> you can also find pictures of the greatest donuts in the world at Dippin' Donuts CNY on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. It is my parents, it's my family's business. Also, to zerdosoliveoil.com for all the best olive oil in the world. I have to ship out a bottle of olive oil out to a customer because I've been so busy lately. I've been dragging my feet, so I got to do that quickly. But, guys, the best olive oil in the world, zerdosoliveoil.com. And all my business social media is run by the great Ben Hameen. Yallah. Yallah, which I want to, want to give a shout out and and just give and throw praise his way for allowing us and giving us the platform to talk Star Trek. So mm -hmm. thank you, Ben Hameen, and your checks in the mail. So, <laughs> and guys, also too. If you guys post, if you guys are watching any other like old series like Frasier, like Cheers, like even in the, in the heat of the night, these old like CBS series, there's a lot of Star Trek crossover. Hell, even in Boston Legal, there's a lot of Star Trek crossover. Mm -hmm. So, guys, you know, um, let us know. I mean, you know, let us know your favorite character that's in Star Trek that's on another series. That'd be that'd be a great topic to discuss. That would be. Yeah, and I did. I did send you something on Messenger. I did see about, that. It cheers and Frazier. How it's just how <laughs> it kind of is. How it is kind of like a holodeck program. Yeah. So, 
Uh, so guys, so let us know about that. If not, guess what? We don't give a shit. We'll just tell you our favorite characters for <laughs> another series that are in Star Trek. So yeah. on that, on, on that note, uh, John, I'm looking forward. Let's do it again. Two weeks yep. from now, baby. And to the fans out there and to you, John, live long and prosper, my friend. And remember guys, what's better than more Star Trek, more fucking Star Trek. And the one last thing I want to say, Greek God Papadon likes Star Trek, but he likes the JJ films. Greek God Papadon is a Kelvin Timeline fan. So there you go. All right. So on that bombshell, <laughs> bye guys, and we'll see you two weeks from now. Later.